Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Courtside Podcast, NBA Podcast. This episode brought to you by YouTube channels Highway Temptation and Captain Barbo, who make content weekly on YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Welcome back, everybody, for another episode. And this is the review of Game 1 from the NBA Finals between the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. And Game 1 ended in a defensive spectacular from the Boston Celtics as the Boston Celtics ended up coming back in this one and winning it 120 to 108 over the Golden State Warriors. Some real road warriors out of the Boston Celtics as they steal game one at the Chase Center in San Fran. But looking into this game, a quick summary about it. I mean, we're back and forth between the Boston Celtics and Golden State Warriors. Both teams shooting lights out. And probably the only player who had an even bad day was Jason Tatum, who went through that entire quarter shooting below 10% from the field, I believe. However, still, Golden State led by four points, 32-28 after that first quarter, and the Celtics were still in it despite the fact that they were red hot. And Stephen Curry, 21 points in that first quarter alone. He ended up finishing off the day with about 34, I believe. And the idea is that, I mean, 21 in the first quarter, you're probably going to be dropping 60 this game. You know what I mean? It's just mathematically possible. But then the second quarter comes in. Boston gets on a tear. They're basically leading this one by four. And they actually scored 28 points in that quarter. And the defense actually showed up holding down the Golden State by 22, which is actually very rare in the sense of this postseason because I don't believe they have ever been held down that low before unless you want to go back to game five against Memphis in round two for the Western Conference semis. And now going into the third quarter, Golden State looked like they didn't miss a single shot. They ended up exploding out of the gate. Multiple threes. Klay Thompson was hitting off jumpers. Otto Porter Jr. hitting off jumpers. Andrew Wiggins hitting threes. Stephen Curry, as usual, attacking the basket. Finding some guys open over there. The Celtics were playing most likely catch up as the Warriors with Steve Kerr's offense. As I said before, the off ball is just phenomenal where you got a guy always open because there's some sort of spacing on that. So the Golden State Warriors actually outscored the Boston Celtics by 14 in that quarter. And they end up going into the fourth quarter, leading by 12. And honestly, I mean, the fact that the Celtics weren't losing by 20 at that point in the game just meant that, I mean, hey, you know, they're still alive and they're still kicking. And there was no doubt in my mind that they kick Golden State right in the head in that fourth quarter as they blew up, going 40 points in that fourth quarter. And that's right. 40 points against the Golden State's Warriors defense in that fourth quarter. The sixth best ranked defensive rating in the NBA for this postseason. Golden State was not able to hold down this Boston Celtics team as Al Horford as well. Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Derek White coming off of the bench here. And he actually ended off this day with 21 points off the bench. Derek White did. They all went off on three. And we looked at numbers right now, 40 points for the Boston Celtics is that one. And the defense masterclass was all over the boards, was all over everybody playing heavy man. And Golden State only got 16 points up in that fourth quarter. And somehow, some way, the Celtics were down by 12 against Golden State, which looked like to be a depth sentence for a lot of teams out there this year going against Golden State into the fourth quarter. But they go into the last quarter on a mission and actually win by double digits in that one, again, Boston Celtics taking game one, 120 to 108 over the Golden State Warriors. And now we also look at these games individuals. As I said before, Stephen Curry could not miss in this one. 34 points at the end of the day. Five assists, five rebounds. However, three steals. So he was active out there defensively. 
But the real story is, I mean, the guy was phenomenal. 12 and 25 overall from the field, 7 and 14, 50% from three. And a majority of his points coming in that first quarter alone, I mean, it looked like he could have missed. And Clay Thompson in this one, I thought he had more than 20 by the third quarter. I mean, it looked like from the way that they were actually playing that game, Golden State literally they couldn't miss. I thought at least four players got 20 points in that quarter alone. That's how it felt that Golden State was swinging by. However, Clay Thompson in this one, 15 points, and he shot three and seven from three. Still, of course, above 40% from the field, so that's still an efficient day. However, who was on the opposite side of that, the third guy out of that big three, the defensive presence, Draymond Green. Golden State's Draymond Green, 2-12 and 12 overall from the field. So that's 16.7% overall. 0-4 from three. So he had a hard day. Andrew Wiggins was horrible from three. He made two of them in the third quarter. However, would not make a single basket past the yard. Went 2-7 and seven from three in this game. Looney was 1-4. and four, And, you know, you're not really expecting much out of him. However, still, you got 25 minutes in this one. You got to put up more than four points, if you ask me. And then the bench, Jordan Poole got contested a lot. And he was contained by the Boston Celtics. He was 2-7 and seven from the field in this one. Only finishing with nine points off of 25 minutes. Otto Porter Jr. with the most points off the bench, 12 to be exact. He was solid. Four and five from three, Otto. He looked like he should be the starter over Andrew Wiggins, which is crazy to say. I know it's just one game, but I'm just saying Otto was not missing. 80% from the field and 80% from three. Mind you, four and five from the field, four and five from three. All of his shots past the arc, didn't miss a single basket. So, again, Golden State did, did lose this one. And why was that? Well, Al Horford was leading the scoring at halftime by 15. Jason Tatum in this one, horrible. God awful. Probably one of the worst games we've seen Jason Tatum have in the postseason. And surprising enough, it's not against a Milwaukee Bucks team. Jason Tatum in this one, off of 41 minutes and 34 seconds, 12 points, 5 rebounds, and he was shooting 17.6% from the field. I mean, that's less than 20%. I mean, that's like, I mean, you got the ball majority of the time in your hands. How are you not knocking them down? He was 3-17 and 17 overall from the field, making only three shot attempts out of 17. That's, it, it's definitely something where, you know, if you're a Boston Celtic fan, you might want to worry about this later on in this series because if JT is going to get hot, I mean, it's obviously going to cause issues with the offense. However, not last night. Jalen Brown stepped up with Al Horford. Jalen Brown, 24 points in this one. Al Horford, 26 points in this one. Marcus Smart falling behind them with 18 points. And Marcus Smart from three, 57.1%. He went four and seven from the three, right? Marcus Smart overall from the field, 63.6%. Al Horford, 75%. As Robert Williams, who didn't really have a lot of impact offensively, only had eight points. Still, 100% from the field was four and four. They were accurate. They're accurate now. Don't don't mind the Celtics with JT's doing bad because they got other guys out there that can score. However, one of the biggest stories, I think, from the Celtics team is that JT, despite him having a horrible scoring night, he went out to adapt. He ended up getting 13 assists in this one, which is his career postseason high as a Boston Celtic. With 13 assists, he gets a double-double despite only shooting 12 points in that game. So the Boston Celtics take a 1-0 lead in Golden State. And now we go into game two on Sunday later on at 8 p.m. on ABC slash ESPN. And to end this episode, 
I wanted to talk about the broadcasting team because if you don't know, Mike Bream, one of the most legendary Hall of Fame broadcasters of play-by-play, was in COVID protocols for Game 7. It looked like he was going to be ready for Game 1 of these finals. Didn't show up, nor did Van Gundy. So the real question right now in my mind is, even though, yes, sure, you know, this Boston Celtics, do they continue this success? Or was it just a crazy game in Golden State where the Warriors haven't played for almost a week and they're going to bounce back Sunday? My honest opinion, I mean, I'm more worried about, you know, is Mike Green even going to be back for these finals? Who knows how long this protocol stuff is going to last? But Mark Jones, a South Florida native. South Florida native, actually, let me say that instead. I can't really talk right now, but I'm just so excited about it that Mark Jones, a South Florida kid, is able to broadcast in the NBA Finals for the first time ever. I mean, I saw on Twitter he was talking about he was walking his dog and then he got the call in South Florida, which is so awesome being a South Floridian. But, you know, hopefully Mike Breen comes back, but I love the broadcast team right now, Mark Jones and Mark Jackson. I find it very funny that it's MJ and MJ together in the booth, but I mean... Let me know, if anything, if you feel like this is probably something different. I like it. I like different. But that will end this episode today. And don't forget to look out for Monday's episode as we'll be talking about a review of Game 2 and how this series is going to look like going into Boston.